0: Welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. We are in week four of National Smile Month. It has flown by. Now, we're carrying on with week four's theme of oral health around the UK by talking to our past president, Dr. Ben Atkins, because he is very, very passionate about helping those in hard to reach communities. Ben is very, very passionate about this subject and has done a lot of work for the homeless communities in his area. Here is Dr. Ben Atkins talking about hard to reach communities and oral health right so Ben uh thank you again for sitting down and having another chat with me um the topic that we are going to be talking about today is something that it's a very sensitive subject but something that I think we really need to talk about a little bit more especially at the moment where people are struggling to find dentists and Their health can be be putting at risk because of that. And I want to have a little bit of a chat with you about, quote unquote, hard to reach patients, because these phrases get thrown around a lot and we don't really talk about what that means. So can you just tell me a little bit about what what is a hard to reach patient? What does that label actually mean?
1: So Sophie, Sophie, thank you so much for having me on, because, you know, this is one of my sort of key heart, really close to my heart yeah subjects just to give you a little bit of history i set up a a homeless center for one of my dental practices. i had 11 in the northwest of england different services and things and one of them was totally focused on the hard to reach the homeless whatever you want to call these individuals i think hard to reach is is it like you said you felt a little bit difficult talking about hard to reach because they're not hard to reach Mm -hmm. they're really not they are there we all see them i think the term they find it hard to access services might be a bit more of a better description because they are very unique patients with very unique challenges in their lives. And there are so many stigmas attached to the brand hard to reach. It's a real challenge. And when you treat these patients with respect, listen to them, they're no different than you and I. Mm-hmm. They really aren't. They are just they have had some really challenging life decisions or not even had a fair playing field to, to the start of their lives. When I was walking across Albert Square in Manchester, um, one of the guys telling the big issue came and gave me a big hug. And I, I, typically I would imagine I was walking across, you know what I'm like, fully suited and booted, a fancy tie on, you know, really strutting my stuff this guy gave me a hug and I was a bit sort of what's 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 it and we'd given him my, my service had given me his given him a full set of dentures he said he gave him a smile back and that's all we want to do give people their smiles and we're in the middle of national smile month at the moment and we often talk about a smiley well I will talk to my students my dentist what gives you your smiley and that gives me my smiley but to support my team and my team ran that service and i had very little to do with it i empowered my nurses to run the service and they ran it all and they did such an amazing job because i'm going to use the term hard to reach that there are so many better descriptions out there but that's what i've sort of grown yeah. up on is they just these hard to reach patients just need often the support the empowerment to let them access our services that we provide to every single patient teeth to teeth. Mm -hmm. They just have often a a higher volume of decay. They often are more complicated patient attached to those teeth. So it's, it's an amazing subject because it also enables you to reflect, was I spending the NHS money that I was responsible for in the right locations, following NICE guidelines and things. And it's a, it's a, I love reflecting and talking. You can obviously. Mm-hmm. That. Perfect think, for a
0: podcast, to be fair. absolutely,
1: It's handy, though, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I, it's a really evocative subject. And the, these patients are so rewarding when you hit that sweet spot and they turn up to their appointments and you turn and you give them a smile. We worked with one of the GPs in Manchester, and he said he'd never been able to get one of the patients to look him in the eyes. And she came down one day and she bang on straight in the eyes. And she co- he couldn't figure it out. And then he realised she was smiling because we'd given her a front two teeth back. Mm-hmm. And we underestimate the value of the smile. And it's such one of our biggest communication tools of, hi, I'm friendly. I'm successful. I'm doing really well. I want to make you feel at ease and remove that from someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It can have devastating effects. Yeah. So these journeys are amazing and and, and great fun you know you get some great amazing characters because they've all got stories that you think wow and you they inspire you for the the challenges they've often overcome
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's something that is very underestimated I think the the power that a smile has on your confidence because when you have healthy teeth or a healthy mouth and you're happy with the way that your teeth look you don't think about the the impact that it has but when you take that away you notice it you notice the drop in the confidence that oh I need to cover my mouth and I need to smile if I smile I'm not allowed to show my teeth because I'm ashamed of them and you know that that thought process is something that you don't think about if you're not in that in that position and often a lot of these vulnerable patients are going to be in that situation more than most. And it starts off a cycle. It makes that harder to, to deal with.
1: Absolutely. It compounds everything. If you, so the way I look at it is if you're having a bad day and you're not smiling properly and you're not doing this, we're very much like an onion and you start peeling things away and it takes so much pressure off us. If you've got, for, for example, if you've got your accommodation sorted out I know you're moving we were chatting about that before Mm -hmm. but if somebody else has boxed all that boxes up for you the pressure would go yeah but (laughs) you know (laughs) but 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 I think I've got chaos around me and if someone can come in and support me through my journey then that's great it's not about helping because that's that's us being condescending that's us buying a cake for someone who's sat in it hasn't got a roof for there to -hmm. sleep overnight it's actually us supporting what do you want how can I how can I help you? How can I support you? What do you need to hit, get to that dental appointment? And what I've worked with some amazing charities. there's a there's a charity in London called Groundswell who are so they have advocates who understand what it's like to be homeless.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: they support other people turning up to their appointments. Well, me as a dentist, I'm quite good at the dental bit. so let's stick let me stick to my game and work with all the charities. There's an amazing charity in London called Change Please, mm-hmm. which um, is, a, is, a, is a bus Lord, with all Lord the mayor of London that goes around and they empower people to turn up to appointments, to do this support. There's a support network out there. And us as dentists, we can use dentistry to say, look, do you know what? I will be that conduit to do do the teeth. I'll be that practice that takes a couple of patients on. Um, and there are some amazing stories out there, but it shouldn't be a story. It should be just normal. Yeah. It should be just who we are. Yes, we've got some challenges with the NHS at the moment, but we're allowed to take a step back and say, do you know what, I'm going to try, I'm going to support these 10 patients. I will do that, I'll not, I've just, I'm laughing because I've just, I've just run 25 kilometers this morning. Um, Oh Jesus, (laughs) we're
0: we're recording this at the crack as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've already been out and done 25 kilometers running this morning. And I'm not training specifically or training for a marathon, but I know people do a marathon for a charity. Well, why not just do what you can do without having to do the training without doing that? We've done the training. I've been to university for forever to be a (laughs) dentist and I can use my skills. And that's what my dentist did within my practice. They, we, we, had an emergency phone, mobile phone that all a lot of, of the centers around Manchester had. And if they got a patient in with a toothache, my dentist said, Yeah, just get, come to my surgery. I don't have to go and find them. We will support you and we will deal with it. Mm-hmm. We got one or two calls a week, nothing. You know, when I've got there's 150 staff and things, it, it was little, the little things that can make such a difference to people. And um, but by taking a step back sometimes and thinking outside that, outside your normal sphere but mm-hmm. yes there's, there's always lots of buts we're under phenomenal pressure in the top of the covid and trying to get the normal population that sounds yeah. awful not the normal I, population. I know what you mean though the, yeah. the, the,
0: the the people that don't have these added risks yes. and added um complications for lack yeah. of a better it's really challenging and there's lots of challenges in that that maybe we don't necessarily think about things like okay you need to have a an address to register with lots of places and practices. Well, there's there's charities and organisations that can do a care of address so that you can put the, you can use that to register with places. And that is now becoming a little bit more popular so that people can get things like bank accounts and stuff. And
1: it's a really, really good point because that was one of the things I'm working on quite a big project to almost coordinate all that information because mm-hmm. the practice doesn't need to reinvent that. No. And it turns yes. out that the dental practice can be that address.
0: Yeah.
1: So we can sign it off. For a couple of patients, it doesn't matter. And if you talk to this, the, 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 called the BSA, and it's like the business service agency for the NHS, i say, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can do that. And you suddenly, if you, but having to find all that information out is so challenging for a practice yeah. to reinvent. every If every practice got to reinvent the wheel, it won't happen. It's, it's why... You get the. I'm going to a coffee shop chain. Not going to go for the brand. You choose one, (laughs) Um, but that's why they're so successful because it's a turnkey process. They know when they rock up, they turn it off. They've got the cup. They've got the cups sorted. They've got the cups sourced. They've got the coffee sourced. Whereas as a a local person setting a new journey up, they've got to reinvent that, and that's the time. But if every practice has already got that turnkey process, it can be so successful. And so we're working with a couple of practices over in in leeds where the the, the nhs commissioners have set two half days up uh, um, a week and they're they're now seeing homeless patients totally totally but using their nhs contracts Mm -hmm. you know so but if if we've got some amazing commissioners out there amazing public health people who are so passionate but it must be so demoralizing to have to convince and invent things constantly
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: The learning stories are so important. Oh yeah, I've done that. You know, with that the funding you talked about, just with the how do you, how do you get dental treatment paid for? Oh well, you do. Every practice should know. Oh, you just do this. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not difficult, but it is difficult when you've got when you don't know
0: where to start. Anything's difficult. And we, we. I don't like to talk about business, but when you own a dental practice you own your own business and so there's lots in that you're not just treating patients you're sourcing things taking care of staff taking care of all the admin bits as well because yeah. it's your your name on that paper that you have to sort all of this so if you need to do extra things to care for certain people i can understand how that can be a bit oh i don't know where to start i'm going to put that to one side and deal with the things that I know how to do because that's human nature I think if someone can prioritize like that then they will (laughs) but there's lots of things out there that I think you can do that maybe you don't even realize like things like yeah seeing if you can use a care of address so that patients can register with you or opening up your facilities in your bathrooms to have people come in and brush their teeth that don't have a space where they can do that so that they link up with um, shelters and see if there's people there that maybe need someone to go in and do some education sessions. And there's loads that you can do that maybe you wouldn't necessarily think of if you don't know how to deal with these people already, if that makes sense.
1: I, I, I really believe that's true. Um, the difficult part, I I've been that dentist who's owned practices for example what we were doing an extension the practice got broken into every night for a week mm-hmm. you know the pressures of running a business is it is massive and also pressure of being a dentist the rules and regulations, and suddenly go well you've now got to treat the homeless that's what I want to do well actually there are experts out there who can do that for you and if you find the local charities like, oh yeah we'll sort it for you well, you've got slots give me two give me two slots a week you don't even need to do anything then You know, it's there's so many things that you can do as a as a dentist doing dentistry. It's so amazing just to say, take a step back. My biggest advice, my my dentists and my whole team were only allowed to work four days a week.
0: Mm -hmm. So they had a
1: day, a week of capacity. But it also those ones who did that and listen, they very rarely did because dentists always know better (laughs) than anybody else. But that's just (laughs) me me. is the ones who did. Was so they, they invented things, they did things, they went on course on a, a different day and moved the day around, but they also engaged with the homeless service considerably. They say, Oh, well, actually, I'll volunteer because I love being secretly, again, between you and me, I love being a dentist. It's a bit of a hobby rather than actually a job. Um, and I, 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 doing dentistry on a patient with no financial pressure, nothing to earn nothing done is actually a joy to do because it is a bit of my mum used to call me a bit of a whittler so I used to get a stick and you know pen knife and that sort of stuff so it's, it's not a, it's a long way just just for a saying it's a long way from that really but as a giving something to someone back having a patient where you can get them to smile is such a journey and you do it voluntarily you yeah. know it's better than running 25 five kilometres in the mornings two and a half hours that that was running this morning <laughs> um but actually two and a half hours of my clinical time given to a patient I can solve someone's mouth really in two and a half Mm. hours yeah um but having that having that capacity is so important that we don't in dentistry we we think oh we'll just work more we'll just do more we'll work more we'll work more and that's not good for our mental health and that's what I like about smile month for me it's always been a time where I can reflect You know, so you can plan, you can reflect and then taking it back is is really, it's very valuable, really valuable. Mm
0: -hmm. 100%. And with the the label hard to reach, if I'm like you, I don't think that that's a fair label. I think people know where they are. They just don't know how to reach them. So it's the Mm. don't know how to reach rather than hard to reach because they're everywhere. Apart from homeless people, is there anyone in that? Is there any other groups that could fit under that? label of someone that is a more vulnerable patient or requires additional resources or care
1: there are so many and I do keep going back to it's not about hard to reach because I went I went to Plymouth University um, which is a dental school down there, Peninsula Mm. Dental School um, working with the undergraduates and they did a presentation and there's a there's a social enterprise down there that focuses on different disenfranchised groups yeah quite a nice nice way to do that and suddenly if an undergraduate can go 14 separate groups of undergraduates can go and speak to d- different people who are all disenfranchised they if they can do it anybody can do it they are so there was they they were so passionate and so amazing there were groups from working men's clubs where or they got a group of 12 men who their wives had run their one that run their lives all the way through you know very much a I don't like saying traditional, because it's totally wrong. It's the historical sexist world that we used to live in and probably yeah. still a little bit. There was 70 odd year old blokes writing their notes down how to brush their teeth, you know, and they were lost. But these groups are amazing to coordinate and help. There was Bernardo's for children in foster care. You can you could name 20 or different hard to reach, but there was um people in End of life care, you know, the stress that that is. So there's lots of different groups that people can work with who need different needs. And also, they often don't need the full journey of restoration of big fillings that we think about. They may just want to be kept out of pain, especially, with, say, at end of life care. They want to be able to smile at people, but they don't need a big smile maker of what they need is I don't want to be any pain to worry about that so I can spend my last days with my family in pain free, as pain-free as I possibly can. So there are some amazing groups. Uh, there's the traveler community, which have its own, tra- own, own issues because they move, but the dentists don't move. If you look at the average statistics of the country, we've got very good oral health in the UK. But the problem being is that it's an average figure. Yes. So, the majority of decay is in 20% of the population 80% of the decays but it's the usual age. it's amazing how that 80 20 rule works in business and everything so when you see these disenfranchised groups you'll often see a considerably elevated decay dental disease in these patients so they are a lot more challenging and a lot more complicated to work with I'll mm-hmm. be secretly again between you and me they're brilliant to work with because you get to do some proper dentistry <laughs> And the stuff that I qualified to do, I didn't really qualify to look at people's teeth and go, yeah, well, done, you have teeth, off you go. That's, <laughs> you know, congratulations. The patients I really want to treat are those ones with massive amounts of decay, massive amounts of rolling my sleeves up and really doing some complicated dentistry. That's the stuff I really love. Yeah. So these patients inspire you to, to elevate your dentistry to another level. And mm-hmm. the, these things you learn um, if you give yourself a chance to do that, so finding a group, champion a group, choose one. There are so many out there, and I would what I would like to do is maybe could do some more podcasts together with some of the other charities I work with, and get their view because there's lots of different charities, and again, they're the experts, not us. We shouldn't 100%. even be, we shouldn't be claiming to be. There are so many. If we just dealt with all the children that work at Bernardo's, that'll do for this year you know um, prioritize them yeah because they've been if they're if, if bananas are working with them they've been there's this they've been dealt a difficult hand at some point in their lives
0: oh yeah a hundred percent and you you have hit the nail on the head there for me of we shouldn't pretend to be the experts we're not mm. we are no. not that everyone is their expert of their own situation but even more so the people that deal with these specific groups every single day will Always know better than us. (laughs) So when we ask them, okay, what can we do to help this? What can we do to help this person? And that's what we need to do. And we need to listen and say, okay, well, maybe we can't do all of it, but we can do this, and that little bit will make such a difference. And that's something I feel really, really strongly about. And Mm. yeah, anyone that, like you say, wants to roll up the sleeves and do the do the hard work, there's always someone out there that is going to be grateful for it
1: yeah definitely and it's not hard work it's teeth quite frankly it's what we do best it's the rest of it it's the it's the rest of it round dentistry it's complicated dentistry I I love it it's it's for me I often go into a if I've got time to spend as much time as I want with a patient it's almost a yoga state it really does I miss it considerably
0: Dr Ben Atkins there. It's a pleasure as always to talk to you Ben. I'll link all of his information in the description of the podcast below and if you want some more bespoke oral health advice you can talk to our helpline or you can go to dentalhealth.org to have a look at all the information we've got available online. If you want to learn more about National Smile Month you can go to smilemonth.org or find us on social media. Thank you once again Ben and thank you to you for listening.